Today's scripture is from Luke 10, verses 25 through 37. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the God, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged him, his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? he asked. The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you so much. Well, this is a moment you have been fearing all the morning. I've been reflecting a lot in this sermon that I'm going to share today. And one of the things that comes to my mind when I think about it is that there is nothing new under the sun. Every time I think I am receiving a divine revelation and I'm going to preach something that you have never heard before I realize that there's probably always a song from 40 years ago that said the same thing because um, when I was sharing with my mom about this passage she said oh it's like the old song from Ricardo Arjona remember you used to sing it and that was in the early 80s just one one part of that song says goes like this um Jesús es más que una simple llana teoría que haces hermano leyendo la Biblia todo el día lo que ahí está escrito se resume en amor vamos ve y practícalo Jesús hermanos Dios es verbo no sustantivo says um, Jesus is more than a simple and straightforward theory what are you doing brother reading the Bible all day what it is written in there, it can be summarized as love. Just go and practice it. Jesus, my dear brother, it's a verb, not a noun. That's what the song said. And I am like upset because I really thought I had something good, but somebody came up with that before me. So, but this is a good... This is probably one of our favorite parables. We love, we love in our churches the parable of the Good Samaritan because we feel 
that is talking about ourselves. We, every time we read and we think about the parable of the Good Samaritan, we think of it as a concludatory, conclu- <laughs> concludatory story of ourselves, of the ways that we are living up to that. What shall I do to inherit eternal life, said the lawyer to Jesus. So put it in southern ways, is the question will be, what shall I do to be safe? That's pretty much what the lawyer is asking to Jesus. And we love, we love these stories so much that we have named hospitals, Good Samaritan, we have named clinics, um, relief agencies, nursing homes, credit unions, called that name, Good Samaritan. That's how much we love it. And probably we love it, if we love it so much, it's because we are not understanding something of that story. Because we forget, or we don't know, that the Samaritan in that story was never one of us. The Samaritan was the enemy. The good Samaritan, that story, we could have never written a story like that. Because the Samaritan was the enemy. So Jewish people and Samaritans, they did not get along. They both follow the Torah, but a different version of it. They both worship in a temple but not the same one. They both claim to be God's chosen people, though neither of them will admit that God might have chosen more than one. Each group viewed the other one as vile impostors and unclean people in front of the eyes of God. A Jewish person did not want a Samaritan on their bed or sharing a table with them much more than a Samaritan will enjoy the presence of a Jewish person in their bed or sharing the table with them. They have so many things in common, but yet they disagree on one thing, the view of God. And this story that we read, the Good Samaritan, is not far from another story that happens between Jesus and the disciples. When Jesus says to the disciples, go to that village in Samaria and see if you can find a place where we can stay. So the disciples come and say, Jesus, they rejected us. They don't want us there. So the next thing that the disciples do is, Lord, let us ask for fire to come down from heaven and burn them all. Jesus' followers. Jesus' disciples. So Jesus pretty much asked them to move on. That's not the way you do it with rejection or disagreement. You don't try to destroy the other person just because he doesn't think like you or doesn't agree with you or doesn't like you. Jesus was pretty much trying to teach them through this parable is that a simple act of kindness can change a whole history of hate between different groups of people. The idea that we as followers of Christ, we share the good news, but the good news are only good news when we give up the idea of who is good and who is bad. If you pay attention to the scripture, It is what the Good Samaritan does, not what the Good Samaritan believes that Jesus is paying attention to. So he reads a different scripture. So he goes to a different temple. So he follows a different path. So what? Jesus is focusing on this man's actions and not this man's beliefs. And this is troubling for us. A lot of many Good Christians who were taught that it was our faith what mattered and not our actions. Uh, But there you have it. Jesus was not a very good Protestant. 
he was focusing on this man's actions. Jesus thought that the right beliefs don't change a thing unless they lead to right actions. It doesn't matter how good you are at quoting scripture, how good you are, how right you are in your beliefs. If your beliefs don't lead to right actions, they mean nothing. If you go through the entire New Testament, Jesus cares to have a conversation with people more about the ways they love their neighbor than their own salvation. That was Jesus' focus. I guess we can say that the question that must be asked in this passage is not who is my neighbor, but who is here acting like a neighbor? We like to think, sometimes we need a shocked with reality. We like to think of ourselves as great people, good people. You know, we do good. I help my cousin, I help my brother. I'm doing the best to raise my kids, and I wish I can do more, but they're a handful. Um, I write a check every other month and send them to foreign missions. There's a reality with it. I, I work, work as a missionary, and we receive more offerings as missionaries than as a pastor of a church. It is easier for us to help those that we don't know than to help those that we don't like. You see where I'm going here? Do you, are you familiar with this moment when Jesus says, if we love those who love us, what credit is that to you? So if we compare this moment, Jesus saying, if you love those who love us, what credit is that to you? With the idea of the good Samaritan, somebody that a normal Jew will despise, will go around their own because they don't want to cross path with them. Are we acting like neighbors in our lives? How do we act towards those that we don't like? Who will be the last person that you will be okay giving you CPR? Well, there's your... So if you are dying in a pitch... And somebody saves you. It doesn't matter if it's the worst person you can face. That person will become your best friend because it saved your life. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach. He did not care at the moment what the good Samaritan believed. What he cared to Jesus is, what did he do? You can be right all along, but enlightenment means nothing unless it's put to work. You can gather and you can gossip and you can say the many ways that some group of people are wrong. But that specific action is opposite to being a neighbor. Who will be the last person you will share a table with? if you're acting like a neighbor you know who you should contact soon now if I start getting text messages 
going to be a little bit scared if I get invitations. Um, just wait a couple of weeks if you're inviting me, because then I will know that it's related to this message. Um, but the thing is, the secret of eternal life in this story of Jesus wasn't held by a Jewish person. The secret of eternal life in this scripture was not held by one of Jesus' followers. The secret for eternal life it was held by somebody who was not worthy. It was not part of the chosen people. The good Samaritan. Jesus' answer was, do this and you will live. Jesus did not say, believe what the good Samaritan believed. Worship what the good Samaritan worshiped. Read what the good Samaritan is reading. It's saying, live this way. Do this and you will live. Sometimes the way we do things will say more about what we believe than our own belief itself. Maybe we should let our actions to teach us what we believe than our thoughts trying to tell us what we believe. Check with yourself, what have I done lately? What words have come from my mouth? In what ways I have love or show love to those that I don't like, I disagree with? Love, the word agape in scripture, it's a verb, it's not a noun. It's not a feeling, it's an action. So when Jesus says, love your neighbor, Jesus is not saying, write love songs for them. Jesus is saying, well, get up and show it. Jesus is calling you not to just wait outside of your house for the opportunity to be a good neighbor. Jesus is asking you just to go and be a good neighbor. Who is here acting like a neighbor? Love is an action. It is easy for us to love and help those that think like us. And I think, I believe, sadly, that we are probably living in the most one of the most difficult times in history where we can live up to what this passage is expecting from us. We don't only ignore people we don't like. Nowadays, we try to destroy them. Facebook has become probably one of the worst things that ever happened to humanity. Because I have never seen, I never seen in person, I never seen a person say so many mean things in the same way they say it through Facebook or in their comments or in messages. Because of these times that we live in, when we don't have to see somebody in our faces, on their faces, we are able to say whatever hateful thing is in our hearts, and we think that's okay. So if we, if you don't like somebody, you ignore them. You don't even greet them. If you don't like somebody, you may use every opportunity you have probably to speak ill of them. How will you expect that you will act like the Good Samaritan? If you cannot even see a person on their faces because you don't like them, how will you expect to help them 
in the time of needs. We, we, we like to think of ourselves like we can do that. Jesus' messages were the worst. They were challenging. They were, that's why they, they, they murdered him. They tortured him. He was challenging people to just break away from the system that was telling them that it's okay to act that way and saying, we, you are, you're not created for this. You're created to love. You are made on God's image. A God that became human to show you that loves you, yet you torture him and murder him. So how far are we from being a neighbor? What steps are we taking to being a neighbor? Again, you can be so right. We can be so right. I spend seven years in law school, three years in seminary, countless courses on theology. Every time I read something, I thought, like, I got it. This is the secret. I understand God fully, but that meant nothing. Because after every time I learned something new, I just went through the door and the world was still the same. So fooling yourself with knowledge and the right thoughts and the right ideas and enlightenments, it means nothing if it does not lead to right actions. What is at stake then and now is the question of whether we will use this God-given revelation of love and grace as a way of boosting our own sense of isolated security and purity or whether we will see it as a call and challenge to extend that love and grace to those, to the whole world. No church, no Christian can remain content with easy definitions which allow us to watch most of the world laying half dead in the road. So this is a challenge that scripture is throwing at us today. Don't ask only who's my neighbor. Ask yourself, how can I be a neighbor? Who needs my love today? How can I be who Jesus called me to be? How can I bring myself to share a table with those that I cannot even look? How can I take steps to the point that when you see somebody laying on the road, you can go and help them and become a good Samaritan? Let me pray. Dear God, you're harsh. Or maybe it's the we might have just love everything Scripture says about you and the ways we should live, but we have been maybe too afraid to get behind the wheel and take these ideas for a test drive. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you give us the power and the wisdom to get over ourselves to not let our personal beliefs 
stop us from showing who you are. Teach us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Teach us to show that love that will declare that we love you with a whole heart, soul, and minds and strength. You are God. Teach us to be like you. That we can step away of our own egos. That we can stop arguing. That we can stop the division that is not only affecting a country but a world. That we can be able to cross over and show love. Transform our hearts. Transform our souls. And transform our minds in the ways that will allow us to live like the Good Samaritan. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.